Welcome to the Scatter Podcast with your hosts, Javier Oraca and Joel Dayrit. Hi, and welcome to the Scatter Podcast. This is episode 29. Good afternoon, and today we have with us Alex Johnson, who we're very thankful to have on with us today. Alex is the founder of Plotly, uh, one of the R packages that I constantly use, actually, both in my work and personal projects. So, Alex, thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Joel. Great. So, what can you tell us about your background? I mean, education-wise, experience, and how did this lead into your career into data science? Yeah, so I imagine, like a lot of people, I did not take a direct route to data science I started out as a physicist. I went all the way through a PhD, working on quantum computers, in fact. Wow. Which is a, it was a lot of fun. That was a, a fascinating thing to spend time doing. And after that, after I decided I had had enough of academia, wanted to work in alternative energy, so I joined a solar power startup company. And kind of accidentally at that point, got thrown into web programming. Okay. What do you mean accidentally? Do they just ask you to build some sort of web stuff? Well, so what actually happened, I joined a company as, I don't know, something like the sixth employee. Um, so we were pretty tiny at the time, but we knew we were going to be doing uh, a lot of work in the lab and generating a lot of throughput, a lot of data. Yeah, and, and eventually this meant hundreds or even thousands of solar cells every day getting cranked out of the lab. And we needed some way to manage all of that data that we were creating and extract as much value as we could from it so we could make the next generation of cells, you know, the next day, the next week, whatever, as good as possible, building on what we had done previously. So you know, we knew we needed some sort of a database system to manage that. And because it was going to be accessed by a lot of different people, we knew it should be somehow web accessible. And we hired an engineering firm to build us something to do that. You know, it was pretty clear there was nothing off the shelf, at least not at the scale that a, a startup could manage that could do something like that. So we hired a company that started building us a system out of open source components. It was using MySQL, Python, it was using PHP, a variety of different things. And it was a nice skeleton, but ultimately we just weren't happy with the work that they were doing. So we got rid of them, but that meant that somebody had to figure out quick how to build the rest of the system and make it do what we needed. <laughs> and so and that ended up being you. That ended up being me and Jack Palmer, who's now Plotly's CEO. He was at that company too. And oh, the two okay. of us volunteered for the job and, you know, quickly gave ourselves a crash course in, uh, in HTML and Python and JavaScript and SQL and, and all of these things. So it was a, a bit of a stressful time trying to take over that project, but ultimately it, it was incredibly successful. You know, I, I have to thank our uh, the other folks who are there for trusting us to take that on and giving us the space to build it out but it showed us you know not only showed us what could be done but it it really drove the company you know we we were building things that the operators in the lab were using on a minute to minute basis 
each operator had their name as a barcode on their jacket and they would scan their jacket and then scan the, the solar cell as it moved around the lab and then they would type in a few things about what they were doing. And so we were collecting huge amounts of data and all of the equipment in the lab was also hooked up to the database. So if a solar cell went through the furnace, we knew exactly what the furnace was doing at the time when it went through. If it went through a deposition tool, we knew exactly what the settings were for that particular cell. And then all the engineers could look at this data and plan out their next experiments. And, it, you know, it was so accessible that my boss, who was the, the uh, head of technology there, um, he would know the results of my experiment before I did, and he would be feeding me ideas for what I should be doing next. And meanwhile, I was trying to spend as much time as I could building out the system because it was, you know, obviously the core of the company's technology at that point, you know, aside from the, the real technology we were building, which was the solar cells. But this web technology for managing all that data became hugely important to us. So fast forward a couple of years, you know, that was working pretty well, but forces outside our control in the solar industry ended up shutting down basically everybody who was making alternatives to silicon solar, and that included us. But Jack and I had both recognized the value of the kind of tool we had built and went out to companies that our friends were working at and started building similar systems for them. So we worked with some battery startups and some other material science startups. And I actually worked for a little while with oil exploration startup, building a data exploration tool for them as well. And at that point, you know, Jack and I were just talking about it and realized how general this class of problem was and decided that we should just start a company to solve it for everybody rather than one by one going around to different companies and helping them out. And that's how Plotly was started, right? Yep. So that, wow. that became Plotly. That is great. This is what, the early 2000s, mid-2000s? This was around 2012, 2013 that we were starting Plotly. I only got into data science. When was this? Well, officially after finishing my master's program, and that's when I first learned of Plotly, and I have not stopped using it since. I think if I make a visualization now, Plotly would definitely be the first package I load right after Dplyr. Oh, that's fantastic. Glad to hear it. <laughs> Funny, I, I remember being on a hiking trip a couple of years ago, and I happened to be wearing a Plotly t-shirt, and I ran into someone who said, oh, Plotly. I use R, but isn't Plotly a Python package? Oh, <laughs> so I'm, glad, I'm glad to hear that it's uh, making inroads in the R community as well. <laughs> when you first made Plotly, was it initially for R or for Python? The first thing we did was build it for R, for, sorry, for Python. Right. Um, and that was mainly just because that's the system we were most familiar with. But it was it was obvious to us from the very beginning that the kind of architecture we wanted to build was a web-first architecture that could then be serialized to any sort of client. And so, yes, we built Python first, but the very first thing we built was the JavaScript graphing library. Mm -hmm. And and then, you know, building interfaces to that from Python, but then from R, from MATLAB, from various other languages. Even, uh, I don't know if you've seen Igor Pro, that's actually the one that I used in grad school, but it's got some similarities to MATLAB and its functionality. 
So we have a client for that as well. The idea was if you start out with something that's meant for the web, you are necessarily going to be able to translate it into any backend language that you want. So I think we, you know, we see the most usage from Python. And I think that follows general industry trends, but R is a very strong second in our experience. All right. When you set out to, well, when Plotly was first founded, was there an initial goal that you set out for Plotly to be? I mean, did you have a specific solution set that you were looking or did you really just mean it to be like an open-ended system that anyone could just pretty much play around with? Well, we had a number of kind of end goals and it wasn't really clear to us exactly how we were going to get there at the beginning. But the general thesis of Plotly, I would say, is that there is a growing class of people like yourself, like me, who before starting Plotly, uh, <laughs> not so much like me now, um, people who are not professional developers per se, but who know enough programming to work with data because that's what their job is, is working with data. And, and those people need better tools to deliver more than just a static report. Right. So, so the first step there is make the graphs that you make, the, the actual core visualizations, make those into interactive elements so that you can deliver not just, you know, here's a picture of what I think the important features of the data are, but here's the whole data, you know, and, and I'm showing you the view that I think is most important, but you can go and zoom in and you can hover over the points. And if you see a little blip over here, you can find out exactly what that is, right? Because it's not just a picture. So that was the first step. And then we kind of iterated on that and, and built out from there. And to, I guess the most powerful one that we have right now is Dash being a whole application builder built around this concept that the people who understand the data and have the data, if we give them a tool that's easy enough to work with, they can turn it into a whole application for exploring that data more fully. Yeah, I've actually been looking into that uh, ever since it rolled out for R. So it's actually looking, it's, it's looking pretty good, I have to say. Thank you. <laughs> so what, what occupies most of your time? at Plotly? Like, what do you spend most of the time doing? Is it making more, is it thinking about more applications? Do you run any sort of internal analytics on the programs that you're using or the applications that you've developed? We do some internal analytics, but most of my time is spent thinking about where the platform is going and then building it and helping the rest of my team build it. So as an engineering organization, we spend about half of our effort on the open source side of things. So that's in the core of Dash, in the JavaScript graphing library and its clients, and in the other Dash components, uh, things like uh, you know Dash Cytoscape is a network uh, visualization tool. We've got special components meant for biology applications, special components meant for data acquisition applications. So we spend about half our time on that side of the world. And then the other half of the time we spend on the closed source enterprise offering, which is where we ultimately derive our revenue from. That's basically tools that are meant to accelerate the same kind of processes 
for the needs of large organizations, right? So Dash and our graphing library are completely full featured as open source projects. But if you are, are in an organization that has the budget to, to be doing a lot of analytics and have a lot of uh, needs yourself, we can help you get a lot more value out of your data scientists and your developers by using our enterprise platform. All right. So is the enterprise platform the primary revenue generator for the company? Yeah, we'd get a little bit of revenue from services, things like people who want new features added to the open source side of things. They can contract with us to add those features. But the primary revenue source for us is that enterprise platform. Okay. So given that there's a two-pronged approach of open source and for the enterprise, what are some of the more interesting projects you've seen where this is being utilized? I mean, Plotly in general, or your applications? Mm -hmm. I think that what's most gratifying to us is seeing this out in the wild being applied to some of the biggest challenges of the day. You know, I don't, I don't know how many times I've seen visualizations and analysis about the uh, coronavirus that are using Dash and or Plotly.js in order to make sense of what's going on and help people make good policy out of it. I think there, there have been you know, dozens, maybe even hundreds of applications built using our technology. And that's really cool, I think. That's really fun for us to see and, and makes it all feel worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there, there have been quite a lot of visualizations. Are any of the ones, have you seen any of them on like television or they're being used in press conferences? I did hear from one of our investors who was at a meeting at the White House that a Dash app was shown in one of their meetings, yeah. but I haven't seen it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> True, it probably doesn't, uh, probably doesn't show what they want to say, so they probably didn't show it. <laughs> Well, okay. Uh, that that aside, I noticed uh, you mentioned that you know you launched the uh, Plotly and then Dash on Python first, and you mentioned that this is because most of the programmers primarily use Python first. And now that you've released Dash on R as well, are there any other platforms or other systems that you're looking to roll these out into? Oh, we're actually just about to release it for Julia as well. Oh, uh, that's okay. in the works right now. That's we don't have any others besides those three that are in the progress right now, but the Julia one is coming along pretty quickly. That's actually a really fun story. We just heard about a community member who started building his own backend for Julia to run Dash and Julia. And he's kind of a, an interesting idiosyncratic guy. He seems to just not like the way Python looks and feels. So <laughs> he decided to rebuild Dash and Julia and we thought it looked good, so we uh, brought him on as a contractor to help it out, and we're kind of working with him to flesh it out, make it more robust, and we expect we'll be able to deliver it to the community in the next couple of months. Wow, that's fantastic. Speaking of now that he's contracted for you, I did remember reading somewhere previously that Plotly is, was voted one of the best places to work. Ah, that's great. I certainly enjoy it. <laughs> Oh, internally, are there any specific statistical tools or applications that you use? I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys are using your own stuff, but there are there other, any other tools that you guys use in your operations? You know, as a as an organization, we use some of the standard systems like 
you know, Google Analytics and Salesforce to help with our marketing, and our web analytics and such. But we really do try to dog food what we build, make as much use of it internally as possible. That helps us build better things as, as well as just to be familiar with it so that we can understand what our customers are doing better. I don't think there are any other non-plotly packages that we use a whole lot. You know, we, we use things from within the broader Python and R ecosystems. So for example, on the Python side, we'll use data shader to do some of the bigger data computations that we're working with. We've also been exploring partnerships with NVIDIA to do some more GPU-based computations and build those into Dash in a more seamless way. Wow. Um, yeah, NVIDIA has a, a package called Rapids for doing GPU data analysis. And so we've been integrating that with Dash. Okay. Uh, now, now, these next questions are actually from Javier. He just, um, <laughs> since he couldn't make it, he's actually, he's actually been messaging me about this, that he's been... He's been trying to deploy Dash apps into RStudio Connect, and he knows it's possible. He just hasn't had the time to launch into that. So is there anything specific that, well, he didn't have any specific question about this. I just, he, I guess he just wanted to mention it, uh, but he, <laughs> he, he is looking forward to it. You know, that, that one is, is really funny to us from a, I guess, from a sociological standpoint as much as anything else. When we first launched Dash in order to give people a feel for what we were trying to do, one of the things we said was it's like Shiny, but for Python. <laughs> and then, you know, and so people who were familiar with Shiny, right. that gave them a good framework for what we had in mind. There are a number of things that are that differentiate them, which is why we felt it was worthwhile releasing Dash itself for R. Mm -hmm. And so now we've got Shiny for Python for R. <laughs> <laughs> and then our studio comes out and says, oh, but you can actually deploy Dash for Python on our studio. <laughs> so now we've got, now we've got uh, Dash for, or Shiny for Python running on R. R. More or less. <laughs> and uh, well, it, it feels like a whole big uh, mess of buzzwords at this point. But it, that's <laughs> it's true. It's just really funny in to the, see yeah. how all of these, you know, and in the end, it's fine, right? All these things work together. It's um, true. I can't say that we as an organization have a whole lot of incentive to to help out with deploying things on our Studio Connect. Uh, you know, I, I don't mind it being there, but I'd much rather that people deploy them on Dash Enterprise instead. True, true. Okay, <laughs> lastly, and we ask this pretty much to everyone, from a hiring perspective, what sort of professionals do you look for in your company? That is a good question. So a lot of the people that we've hired at Plotly have backgrounds similar to my own. So we've got a number of physicists, electrical engineers. Uh, actually, a number of our employees have come out of a music technology program at McGill. Wow. We're based in Montreal, and so we look at McGill grads a lot. But then we've also got people with standard computer science backgrounds. And I think having that that mixture of 
more science-based backgrounds and more computer-based backgrounds gives us a good gives us a good perspective on things, right? The the computer science people will tell us how things should be done, and then the science type people will say, "Yeah, but you know, real users want something simpler than that, right?" You know, all, the, all these data scientists aren't going to care about having the prettiest, cleanest, you know, best algorithms behind the scene. That's great. That's that's really important to have good performance and such. But they also want to have really natural interfaces that work well with their data, rather than having you know the most. I don't know. The, it's kind of hard to explain, I guess. But sometimes the people who have a straight computer science background will come up with an overly rigid or complicated interface and we'll have to say you know yeah yeah but let's simplify that a little bit because the data scientists want to be able to work with it a little more naturally yeah it's like you want to make it more usable so that people will actually use it that's right and so that they'll be able to just try things out and most of the time they'll just work right rather than having to figure out exactly the right parameters to fit things into yeah. So what's next after Dash? I mean, are you guys working on, on the next step after, after you do a full rollout of Dash? Is there something new on the horizon? You know, I don't see any completely new systems coming in the near future. I think there's still a long way we can go with Dash. One of our community members actually came up with what I think is a really nice way of thinking about where Dash could be going. He said this could be the next Python to React compiler. Wow. Right. Basically writing your entire application. And, right. And so the question is, how close can we get to that vision? Right. I imagine there's always going to be some overhead of having this thing that you started out in Python. You're never going to be able to get it to 100% of the performance that you could get if you wrote it as pure React from the very beginning. But on the other hand, it's a lot easier to write a Dash app than to write a full-fledged, full-stack React app. And you know there are reasons that people built C on top of assembly and then Python and R on top of C. Yeah. Right. You don't want to be working in the low-level uh, right. full-stack the whole time. And so the question is, how close can we get to that? And I think there's still quite a lot farther we can go with it. Um, we recently introduced a feature that's pretty important for the architectural scale of Dash that we call pattern matching callbacks. And that's basically just the ability to define a pattern of logic or how different components should interact with each other rather than wiring up each individual component to each other. And so that allows you to build much larger, richer applications than you could before. And I think there are a lot of other fairly extensive problems. They'll take a lot of engineering work, but they could really push the platform much farther ahead. Okay. That actually wraps up all the questions that we had planned. That's about it. Alex, thank you so much for coming on and talking about Plotly and Dash. I personally will be using a lot of Dash, and obviously I currently still use a lot of Plotly anyway, <laughs> over the next few weeks. Thanks for coming on. It's been a pleasure, and we're very appreciative to have you today. Thanks for having me, Joel.